What is up, everybody? It's me, John Bernardo, and I am back with a brand new show called Does Machines. This is the show where I will talk to a revolving chair of different guests, either people you know or people you may not know, about the things that they like to get nerdy about. It may even surprise you that you'll find out things about your favorite creators that you never really knew. So this week, I am talking to Nirav Gandhi. How's it going today, bud? Doing good, man. How you doing? Good, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, people will know you from the Game Busters podcast as well as uh, our GG app Discord, uh, where you frequent as well and where we met. Um, so for the people that don't know who you are or what Game Busters is or any of that stuff, why don't you just give quick the rundown on who you are? Yeah. Hey, um, so I am. Uh, yeah, you can. I, I, I guess I'm a content creator, I guess. I don't want to say that. That feels bad. <laughs> um, well, you create but- something. I create content. No, go. I um, I I, I do kind of like freelance work. So I'm I'm a reviewer uh, over at uh, TechRaptor.net, and you can find my reviews there. And then for GameLuster, I kind of do a lot of videos for the YouTube channel, GameLuster.com, and uh, I have a podcast for them, uh, GameBusters, where you know every week we go over the history and development of like a specific game, and we have a rotating panel of of guest quote unquote experts. Uh, to talk about that so yeah um and then by day i'm an urban planner and i work for the local government <laughs> right on dude the whole concept behind game buzzers is really cool and it's good because you know we have so many gaming podcasts in the in this atmosphere of the gaming industry that we don't need more but when you do something of what you guys are doing i really like that you really focus in on the one game and just really nail down the history and not purposely, but it was kind of an inspiration for what I'm doing here, where you know each week Ooh. I do have a different guest. And um, I basically what we're doing with the show is whoever we have on and, you know, you'll be back on again. But it, whoever we have on, we're going to talk about one thing and we are going to nerd out about it as deep as we can go, as uh, top level as we want. It doesn't matter. There's no limits to what we're going to nerd out about. Um oh. Yeah, so, but this week we are going to have one singular focus, and um, we're going to be focusing on the Studio Ghibli movies, which are the beautiful, beautiful anime movies that I'm sure you've seen a screen cap or a gif from at some point. The reason why we're starting off with this is because, Nirav, you recently proposed uh, a, a challenge for 2021 for us to watch all of the movies. And we decided let's get a whole group together and we're all on the discord, which I'll post a link in this episode and uh, we're all in discord and we're going to be watching a movie. Well, you, you planned it out for us. So it was every two weeks we're going to watch a movie, right? Yep. That's correct. Yeah. And that's exactly it. We were starting a little late in the year, I mm-hmm. guess a month in, but that's exactly enough weeks for us to watch all of them uh, right by the end of the year. So Exactly. It's about 24 movies, so it, it shouldn't be a problem. Mm-hmm. They're they're all available on streaming services, and uh, I've really wanted to watch these movies for a long time. Now this gives me a reason. Uh, I, I did watch, my only exposure, I would say, is I've watched about half to 70% of Spirited Away with my daughter. Uh, she's only three, so I was very surprised when she picked it, but... It's just, you know, kids, right? We get to a certain point, we stopped, and then we get to a certain point, she wants to rewind back and see that certain scene again. So yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I think I know, I think I know where I, ha- where I ended off to kind of have the full picture, but when we get to it, I, I will definitely start from scratch, but I can recite a lot of the beginning. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. 
you told me though, uh, you haven't seen them all yet, but you've seen a lot of them. Uh, when, I guess, when was the first time that you were exposed to the these movies, and what was it that drew you in about them? So I actually have a like, I guess, a very clear memory of of the first time I saw. Um, and it was Spirited Away was the first one I saw, and mm-hmm. I have a very clear memory of it when uh, I was maybe I want to say twelve, eleven or twelve. Um, I was upstairs in my mom's study i remember and my my brother i was like on the couch and we had an old like cr tv like was in the study like the nice tv was like you know in the main room right but, of course um and god what year was this like 2003 or 4 maybe 2003 okay, so i think shortly after yeah. it came out then yeah yeah um and this was like i think their premiere possibly on tv um oh, wow. i think they were showing it on disney channel because wow, disney really? had the distribution yeah disney had the distribution rights to all ghibli movies until i think pretty recently but oh, wow, i didn't know that yep um but yeah so I, I remember watching and i was like sitting on the couch and just like uh it was just on disney channel and like i think i remember my brother like being in the room but he was like he's like three years younger than me i don't think he was paying attention he's like playing pokemon <laughs> on the ds or game boy advance whatever was out um but like i i remember like seeing this and like just this the first second i saw this animation i um, I just like couldn't look away and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And like, I, I sat there with like rapt attention, like watching the entire thing. And, uh, I remember like after, after it was done, like I went and like, I, I like found my mom and I just like, wouldn't shut up about it. Cause I was like, it, to <laughs> me in my mind, like, I guess as a kid to have something to compare it to, I was my, my, my thing that I was telling her was like, it's like, it's like they made a new kind of Disney movie. Yeah. Uh, like it's a, it's, it's like that, but it's different. And like, I, I want more of those. And, um, I actually, my mom helped me cause like, I wanted to like, um, write a letter to them to, to thank them for this movie. And she, she helped me like write a letter to, I guess to, to, to studio Ghibli and send it over. Um, I did not get any Sweet response. Little from boy. I do not know that. <laughs> I do not know if they received it. Um, I'm, I'm sure if you tweeted to them as a child, they would definitely get out to you yeah 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 um but yeah so i i was just like enraptured and i've i've seen spirited away maybe 15 or 16 times it is my favorite movie ever made um and yeah from there i i just that was the thing that kind of sold me on i guess the concept of anime too because that was also the first Mm -hmm. anime product i had seen that wasn't made by four kids basically you know like um something yeah something that wasn't like pokemon or like digimon you know dubs Mm -hmm. you know that were you know for kids kind of thing oh yeah i got you um yeah yeah but like the first like actual anime thing i'd seen and like seeing it and and, like i i don't know what it was but like even as a child i immediately understood that this was like different Um, oh yeah (laughs) and uh I, i don't know i think that I was really surprised that I saw an animated movie that didn't treat me, the viewer, like I was like not capable of comprehending it. Yeah, like they they do such wild, um, and and I want to actually we'll start off Spirited Away, and I want to really dig into it because it's the only one I have experience with. They really go as far out like there's no prep to what these universes are like. Um, I, I did try to start Howling's Moving Castle. So this is kind of where my mindset goes, where they don't mm-hmm. really prep you in any way. It's just, you know, stuff happens and you, you like you said, like they're not treating you like a dummy. It says it's going to happen and you're going to understand that this is the world that we live in. And yeah. uh, 
I should probably say that these shows that we're doing, whatever we're talking about, are going to dip into spoilers of anything we talk about. So these movies are also, if you don't want to be spoiled before the challenge, then, you know, pause right now. But for Spirited Away, like, when you see her parents get turned into pigs, at first I was like, what? Wait, what? Are those people that just look like them? But no, her parents are you know turn into animals and they don't even remember who their kid is and you know the this witch takes her takes the kid's name away and it's like you know she's if she doesn't do her job properly she's going to turn her into a pig like her parents like this is dark shit and then you have yeah the spirit that you know as looking at you know memes and gifs and all this kind of stuff from years and years and years you think that that the main spirit that you see is a good is a good spirit but you know he ends up eating people like yeah like no no face has always been one of my favorite characters just in anything because um no so no face is a wraith uh and if you know a lot about like um especially in japanese mythology like what a, Mm -hmm. a wraith is a manifestation of an emotion like when there is a group of people or one person even feeling something very strongly the collective consciousness manifests into a into a ghost-like creature and that creature personifies some trait and for for um for no face it's it's uh it's gluttony like oh so like i've been watching it in pieces so i didn't catch that okay oh yeah no problem yeah and like this is of course with like me having like read about like the development and the writing of the film Mm -hmm. and watching interviews with miyazaki but like deep (laughs) yeah but um you know the the idea of of uh like so no face being the manifestation of gluttony like when when it is given in moderation you mm-hmm. know when it keeps consuming in moderation it's friendly and it's functional and it's good to have around as a friend and but the second you start giving it too much it has to get more and more and more and it it won't ever be full and that's kind of the thing is that like that and that was the you know of course the pervasive theme in in spirited away is like the dangers of consumption like mm-hmm of course even echoing like at the very beginning with her parents eating eating and eating and taking and turning into pigs Mm -hmm. to you know like represent what they've become and then uh you know her her sacrificing and giving and like uh, see it's you know in her her giving in her service and her labor uh chihiro is able to like earn them back uh because she's like foregoing she's not taking anymore Mm -hmm. um which is kind of what the whole the whole story is about but yeah, I mean, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of like rambling no, here. No, no, dude, this is what I want, man. I want us to ramble. I want us to go <laughs> on and on about the smallest details. Like you picking everything apart like that is exactly what I want the show to be. So thank you. Oh, yeah, great. And I wanted um, to like, I want to kind of just really quick put a pin in that. I want to circle you back to the beginning. How crappy are her parents? Like they not only did they almost get into an accident, but hey, there's a random hole here in the wall. Let's go. And she's like, no, 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 I don't want to go. All right, we'll leave you here then. You fucking stupid. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, man, I... That that part always kind of like... Because, like, the, first of all, like, you know, she's in a bad mood because they're, like, forcing her to move across the country. Mm-hmm. And then, like, um, you know, she, she, has, she has to... Like, it, it's funny because I think as a kid it resonates with you because I think there have been times for every kid where your parents are doing something that you believe is stupid and like nobody will listen to you, you know? And I think that that definitely is like something that uh, I I think that really hits with, especially people, kids who were like, you know, younger teenagers, like 10 to 13 years old, you know, like, no, I'm right. Like I have the, 
I know what's going on here and you don't. And like in this instance, of course, like she's right. They should not have gone through the yeah. thing. But yeah. like, yeah, I, I, I totally get her uh, her frustration and like trying to be the um, the smart one, I guess, <laughs> it being the reasonable one out of the family. Um, Clearly. Yeah, but like. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I really also enjoy, like, and this is something that Miyazaki hits in literally every one of his, his films, mm-hmm. um, is, is like, the um, the Earth taking revenge, basically. Like, mm-hmm. it's an idea that he is very fond of, is that, like, we have spent, humans have spent hundreds of years now, you know, destroying the Earth slowly, and, you know, we continue to do so at, like, a rapidly evolving rate, and... Almost something he posits in almost every one of his movies is like, what if the Earth could fight back? And you can see that in this movie with um, uh, the River Demon. Um, that that river demon. Uh, the you... creature, yeah. So if you remember from like the bathhouse part, yes. um, where um, there's like a sludge, a sludge demon. Basically. Oh yes, the, they call him the, the like um, a stink demon, I think, right? Yeah, Something the like stink that? demon, I think they call yeah. him. Yeah, and um, the the it's it's interesting because like you can see that the this this thing is full of it's full of sludge toxicity there's like lots of like garbage pieces that humans have thrown off into the water there and you know it's it it needs to be healed and like you know after like chihiro like again like does like sacrifices that's the whole point to like she goes above and beyond beyond what anyone else is willing to do to clean this guy <laughs> and yeah, uh and you know pr- provide a good service from the bathhouse and in doing so, removing the, the, the sludge and the toxicity and all that, washing it away and, like, scrubbing it, like, with her literal, like, elbow grease, um, she's able to free the, the, the river god, you know, who, who, like, you know, comes up and he thanks her and he flies away. And that that's actually continued kind of in the um, in the later part of the movie, which I guess this is a spoiler for you, but um, the, okay. the character the character Haku, um, who's like, you know, the guy who's like helping her around and stuff. Who's like yeah. kind of mysterious. Like the dragon. He right? is right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess you knew that. Yeah. So yeah, that, it, yeah, like I've seen bits and pieces near the end. It got, it got a little choppy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So like his, his name, he, he is like the Kohaku river. Like he is the personification of the Kohaku river. And mm-hmm. the reason that he as a dragon had been like confined without his powers to like, a like a human avatar is because of the damage that humans had done to the river by like polluting it and, and throwing like dumping sludge and toxic uh, chemicals into it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in when Chihiro like does, you know, does that to like free the river God, you know, ha- that helps. And at the end, like Haku is able to like reclaim his, his true form as, as a dragon, because like he's able to access his, he, he, he the, cl- the water is cleaned again. Like, um, and I don't know that that's just one of the things like the most obvious and uh, again, I'm maybe going to spoil some stuff, but I guess the first, the first movie on the, the watchathon list is also my, my second favorite Ghibli movie, which is uh Nausicaa of the Valley of the wind. Mm-hmm. And that, that movie, I think even has a, a little note at the, at the front, like from Miyazaki, where, like when the, when like the, the movie is like fading in, um, there's some text there that says like, what if the earth could kill us the way we kill it? And it's something like that, you know, to that degree. And Mm -hmm. the, the whole, the whole story is like a post-apocalyptic world of, you know, these little disconnected villages that are, um, and there are these giant bugs called the Ohm and they spread these spores around that, that kill people. And there are these spore forests like fungus forests and only the Ohm can live there. But humans are like kind of getting closed out and like losing resources, et cetera. But, 
rather than trying to like work with the ohms of course like with nature they they keep fighting back they try to kill more and more of them and it, it kind of it physically manifests in like a war between the ohm and the uh and the humans and um and nausicaa the main character of course by by learning to like take care of the uh of the fungus plants on her own she like takes them and like helps take care of them and like garden them and things like that and uh essentially like she she partners up with like a little ohm right like kind of classic and i think this is kind of a tired trope by now right. but this was 1984 so but like she part she and she and a little ohm like kind of get isolated and trapped and have to depend on each other to to live and like the uh, and like she she kind of has to become the bridge between nature and humans and like find the way for them to work and live together and like uh princess mononoke a later one is very much the same of uh this this princess of the wilderness has to like find and tame the the elk god not tame i guess but work with the the elk god who's like the protector of the forest and the bad guys are of course uh these military types who are like polluting stuff and like just don't give a shit basically what they do to the earth and mononoke kind of is the person who has to like stand up and fight for the forest and become part of nature like i don't know i i've i've always found this whole concept fascinating of like what like i wish the the earth could could hurt us as badly as we hurt it and yeah it's it's interesting to see it like manifest in so many different ways across all these works. So is that really a common theme of his throughout all of the movies that he's done? And is he yeah. just a director? Or is he writing them as well? So he is for mo- for most of the pretty much everyone that he directs. He also writes, I believe mm-hmm. he, about, I believe he direct, he directed about half of the movies that studio Ghibli has made ever mm-hmm. um, around there. But he uh nausicaa is a very special one because he actually uh that was a manga that he wrote actually and i have the collector's edition copy right here um which you can't see but it's it's cool (laughs) Um, google it everybody google it yeah look at it um but yeah the um yeah the um he wrote this manga the original draft of it while he was in college and he was aspiring to become a a mangaka like a you know manga writer and Mm -hmm. Um, after a few iterations, Nausicaa was the first, the manga of it was the first thing he ever published. And, um, it's a two volume set actually. And the first volume he made into a, into a film. And that was his first film. And that, that one has like really stuck with me because it's such, it's such a strong point for him to start off his career in. Um, and yeah, he did. So he did write and direct that one and, um, spirited away is the same. He uh, he wrote and directed that one as well, but uh, I might have to pull it up to see exactly which ones he directed. I know um, he did Howl's Moving Castle also. Um, that one is a that one that one is actually an interesting one because Howl's Moving Castle is a uh, a novel. It's an English novel from really? I believe the mid nineteen hundreds. I want to say. Oh wow. Yeah, and, and like, I don't believe it was ever adapted into anything else. And Miyazaki, I guess, stumbled upon it and was like, I can do this in, in our style. Like, this will work for us. And it absolutely does. Based on the first 10, 15 minutes of it, I am shocked to hear that that did not come from his, like, how much of it has changed from what was originally written in the book? Because I, like I said, I'm shocked at the the context of just the beginning yeah i'm it it is surprising because it's like the whole thing the whole thing flows so well into their style and like 
I think this is one of this is I don't want to sound like a like a, a douchebag. I think like if you're if you're gonna patrician this as we've been talking about, um, I, I I think that I could see an argument for for Hal, Hal's Moving Castle being like I guess his best work. Um, it certainly is a an achievement in animation and the um the I don't know the the creativity of it all is just like insane to me but um yeah there's there's so many good ones and i think that one thing to note also is that like um i don't this isn't really a good transition but like one interesting thing that makes actually the studio ghibli movies like stand out from the rest of anime is that um when um miyazaki was working on spirited away specifically he Mm -hmm. decided that he wanted to like he wanted to differentiate his his films from uh the the other anime that was being produced at the time like mm-hmm. he he wanted it to look and feel different and so he's actually he drew <laughs> he put in a lot of work to draw like way more frames so his his movies actually run at a much much higher frame rate than other anime oh, wow. does and it gives it a much more professional cinematic quality like For instead sure. of running at like 12 to 14 frames per second i believe they run it you know closer to closer to like 24 or 25 mm-hmm. um which is you know like doubles doubles the work of the studio really um oh yeah, of course i yeah and i i believe because everything's hand-drawn i think that he said before that um it takes about a month for them to produce about 10 minutes of the movie wow so yeah, and, and that's with, like, you know, an, an army of artists, right? So so what do you think was the average turnaround time, then, for majority of these movies? Um, most of them they were able to get out yearly because they had them on a staggered schedule with a sort of a larger studio. There were about 30 to 40 people working there eventually. Um, oh, okay. One thing, one, yeah, one thing I'll mention, um, wow, I'm, so there is a, um, to uh to to Hayao Miyazaki's uh Steve Jobs there is indeed a hidden Steve Wozniak um <laughs> whose name of course I'm so sorry I've actually forgotten um I need to look up his name I feel so bad but that's 100% like the situation um was that um uh Isao Takahata there is that's his name so um Miyazaki and his friend Takahata uh co-founded the studio and um, both of them worked on a lot of the films. Takahata did a couple of films, you know, uh, he directed a few and they were good ones too. But um, it's interesting how it, it's like Miyazaki's name is just the one that like stuck, right? Everyone, mm-hmm. even even people who aren't like super big anime fans have probably heard of him at some point. And or at least seen the like, images. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, I think he actually was, um, and he of course um, does have the dubious honor of being the first ever um uh animated uh movie to win an oscar um with spirited away oh wow that's great i'm yeah. assuming you just won um, best animated or yeah best animated film and that was actually the year they uh, there's a lot of discussion actually that so that was the year that was the first year that they had an option for best animated picture and there was a lot of uh you know rumors that like literally the reason they created the category was so this movie could win an award <laughs> that's great. um i don't yeah, and I'm not like too plugged into Hollywood, so I don't know if that's true, but that that's kind of funny to me. Um and I believe the only this is the first non-music award, I believe, cuz other previous Disney films had definitely won um music Oscars. I know Beauty and the Beast won best original song um back in 93, but 
um yeah like i, I don't know I, I think it's really cool that like it's I, and I, I will say also that maybe a downside of studio ghibli is that like with such a high bar of quality on so many movies they've almost cannibalized anime movies from other studios coming west if that makes sense yeah no i exactly like you see something else that comes out and if it doesn't meet that kind of bar when it comes to animation or writing it's it's just seen as subpar right and like there there are some like amazing classic films like uh, akira of course oh is of a, course akira huge one um and like uh ghost in the shell um is like a huge movie and i still haven't seen yeah that. it's it's really good it's very good the um i did not see the scarlett johansson remake um oh i should start with that one, one. <laughs> yeah you should that's the true story um, yeah that's that's a real one <laughs> But yeah, like a lot of these, um, a lot of movies I think have, uh, I I think I, I do wonder myself if when people, cause the, these movies have been, um, you know, dubbed and concurrently released for the last 10 years or so. And even, mm-hmm. even Spirited Away was like Disney, of course, dubbed it and had it, uh, released in American theaters the year after it came out in Japan, um, which I think was 2003 or two, I can't remember, but the um the interesting thing I, I do wonder is if um parents taking their kids to this new animated movie like knew any different like did they know this was like a Japanese animation and did that influence their opinions of it I'm I'm kind of curious about that you bring up an interesting uh, point actually with the parental stuff because as a parent I you know I saw it I'm like I've always wanted to watch this movie as far as I can see you know these have always been kind of the a very child wonder type of a movie and they should be okay. <laughs> But, you know, as we discussed earlier in Spirited Way, you know, how people are getting eaten and and um, there's a lot of this. There's a lot of scary scenes that happen. And, and yeah. I, I realized that after she played Howl's Moving Castle for the first 10 minutes or 20 minutes and I saw at the top, it said, you know, scary images uh, as part of the mm-hmm. disclaimer. And I didn't even notice that because you don't think that when you look at something that looks like this, it looks so yeah. good that you just like what's going to happen to this little girl but the images what stuff that happened is messed up you know your your parents turning into pigs that's messed up it is it is scary and yeah. i mean like i um oh sorry before i forget i do yeah. want to give a shout out to a, a game if you enjoyed spirited away you should mm-hmm. absolutely play little nightmares which is a game oh. heavily heavily influenced by that uh, movie oh um, dude you should you, i have that on my i got it from the xbox uh games with gold uh, a couple oh, yeah, weeks yeah. ago and yeah, I've, give it a, I've wanted to play that. So you saying that is going to kick yeah. up to the top of my list. <laughs> it's a, it's my, it's my favorite horror game, uh, probably because of all the, the stuff in it. But yeah, if you watch Spirited Away and then you, you play that game, it's like very impossible to ignore how, how similar they are. Um, there's, you know, even the, the pig people are even present in like all wow. the, the wonderful Miyazaki food and like the, the whole story is a story of gluttony and like the dangers of overconsumption um, and eating and eating and eating. And I think I'm gonna jump full. into that. I think I'm just gonna have to just stop what I'm doing with my other games and just jump yeah. into that because that yeah. <laughs> it's not that long. It's like five six hours. Well, but, you, um, you you just helped you just helped it for me because like sometimes hey. I just need a little bit of a motivation to start another game. <laughs> you just yeah, put everything else on hold. So yeah, definitely gonna check that out. Um yeah, but um yeah, so like I I really would say that like the um I think that um oh I I also maybe we should talk about this a little bit um. Hayao Miyazaki, I don't know if you've seen any sort of interviews with him or, or read about him as a as a person, no. but no, no. Um, th- 
it's like um it's kind of one of those like don't meet your heroes things oh boy. Um, he's okay so he's not like specifically a bad bad guy but i mean okay so the the main thing i guess that's interesting <laughs> is that he is one of those men who uh completely threw himself into his work and didn't have time for his family because mm-hmm. of it and he's also said very much that he doesn't regret it like he put his work ahead of his family and he's happy he did that wow where is he still with his family yeah, he is. Oh, I mean, wow, okay. and his son, um, his son Goro actually has made three movies, I think, for Studio Ghibli. Oh, okay. um, yeah, he's. It's sad because it almost feels like his son's probably trying to like live up to his dad, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's like, son, you um, <laughs> right? Well, that's the thing. It's like the first film I believe he made was Tales of Earthsea, which was like two thousand six, seven, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Was the first one Goro Miyazaki made and. Um, Hayao Miyazaki like wasn't involved in the making of that movie so he went to see it at the premiere and he said like it was all right I was a little disappointed like it wasn't up to our standards yeah wow that's devastating it is devastating especially coming from your father and I mean to be to be honest like Miyazaki has always sort of been the lifeblood of the studio the studio does exist without him they are making a movie right now Mm -hmm. but I mean, it's impossible to not see the decline in quality since he left in, in 2014. Oh, um, so he doesn't make anything for them anymore. No, he retired in 2014. His last film was The Wind Rises, oh, which wow, is okay. a phenomenal, very, very sad movie, not for children, um, about it's an it's a biopic of the um, the guy. I cannot remember his name, but the guy who created the plane back in the early 30s that would eventually become the kamikaze plane that the oh, japanese would use for for warfare yeah yeah and uh, it's sort Hiro of it's a very Horikoshi? yeah yeah um it's a it's a very somber story about a, a guy like a child seeing the first airplane following his dreams creating his own plane flying you know becoming one with the sky and then seeing his creation used to kill and Mm -hmm. like not having any power to stop it and watching the world burn around him because of what he made wow um yeah yeah, it's a very not for kids (laughs) it's not it's a very it's very somber i don't it's very i I don't know that kids would get a lot out of it there's not like a bunch of fun cute animals or anything either (laughs) um but um yeah, I remember. So Miyazaki left the studio in 2014, and he's working on a uh, a film on his own. Actually, he said um, he's making one completely just by his own hands at home uh, called "How Do You Live," mm-hmm. um, and that one's been in production since then. Like, you know, he's been he said that he plans to have it ready in like 2022 or 23, um, but he's been working on it on his own for about seven years. So. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, um, he said that like yeah, I'm getting about I get about one minute of uh, of film done every month because like I can only draw so much at my age. Um, so he's doing the whole thing at all. Like he's doing the whole movie by himself. Yep. Obviously, aside from voice actors. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's drawing and writing everything on his own. Wow. Um, and so I remember one. I think I had this as my like Facebook banner for a very long time. There was a picture in an interview of me <laughs> as them asking Miyazaki. Uh, like, oh, uh, what do you think is going to happen to Studio Ghibli once you leave? And he, like, laughs, and then he says, it will surely collapse. And then he puts on his, on his sunglasses, and he gets up, and he leaves the room. <laughs> wow. Was that an interview with, like, a major outlet? I don't remember where it was from. I, I just remember this this screen cap. I don't know if I can find it somewhere. It's very funny. That's, but like, That is a cocky it's, asshole it's, right there. 
it's he's he is a cocky asshole for sure but like it's unfortunate because like it's one of those things where like i feel like he worked he's so talented like i mm-hmm. can't like complain too much about how cocky he is like he understands how talented he is yeah but like it you 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 don't want that right you'd rather have somebody who's like at least a little humble about what they do i mean when you but when you like he's doing a whole animated movie by himself it's i get to a point where i'm sure like the success it's probably gets a little hard to be humble when this is the work you've created this legacy you've created behind you yeah uh, I, i'm not saying that you know you shouldn't be humble but it's just look at your work right it's, it's kind of hard right. and, I, like, and i guess it got to him i mean being uh, being like one of the most influential people in animation of the last like three or four decades is like mm-hmm. um i mean like everyone back back when spirited away came out and like swept everything and like or i think it was actually princess mononoke i was actually his real big break to the west um but um like after that one came out like the all of the critics you know the high-minded hollywood critics are like finally another walt disney like that's that's that was the through line for everything that's a good way to put it yeah like yeah and i mean i think he fulfilled that to a degree and i mean i very much hope that studio ghibli like disney is able to continue and find creators without him but like the newest i don't know if you've seen the trailer for their i'm looking at the poster but they (laughs) yeah they've moved to 3d animation with this which yeah like on its own isn't isn't horrible on its own Mm -hmm. but if you watch any of the animation it's just gross (laughs) like it looks bad it looks yeah i'm just looking at sorry i cut you off but i was just looking at the picture and it's just yeah, it doesn't have the same kind of charm as any of them. It looks like, you know, a DreamWorks type movie. The The whole beauty yeah. behind the studio's work is just how gorgeous and organic the, 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 the animation is and the art. You know, it's just so pure. Even some of the more abstract ones like the tale of Princess Kiyuga. Kaguya. 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 Um, mm-hmm. even, I'm not a big fan of it, but it's still it's still out of the box. You know what I mean? And then yeah. with this mm-hmm. new one, Earwig and the Witch, it just, it, it, I'm with you. It just looks like someone is taking their licenses or their ideas and American, Americanizing it, you know, just the way all yeah. the CG movies are nowadays. Yeah. And like, I, I do hear the cries of people who say like, I want Disney to go back to, to 2d animation. And it's a lot of work. I mean, I would love to see them. I would love to see them do that on the side as well but like i mean i can't deny that they're they're th- since they moved to 3d animation all their all their movies have been good so it's hard mm-hmm. to complain you know exactly yeah that's the difference though like they're uh with disney like a lot of their 2d stuff some of it was good not not all of it right what with studio ghibli and you obviously spoke to this like most of their track record is solid where it was disney there's some stuff that was questionable right so right and, and the animation wasn't always as strong mind you is a lot older so i get that too but the consistency Mm -hmm. on these movies just seems to be much much more stronger so to see them jump to 3d and i think if they did it 3d well like i'm looking at the poster but you've telling me you've seen it and it it doesn't hold up but yeah the way the way the 3d has evolved especially with pixar it's it's definitely created this uh their own style as well um I, I want to kind of compare to have you seen Lupin the third? Um, yeah, I, I do know of that one. So um, like I looked at that and I, I didn't think it was gr- great. I, I haven't watched either the original or the, or the remake yet, but looking at that, I felt like 
I'm not going to say it confidently, but I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't look too bad from the 2D. Like, it looks like they're kind. It looks just like the 2D, but in 3D, I don't know what the general consensus is, but I feel like that's a little bit better than what I've seen on this poster. Can you... Yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I've... I want to say that I've seen the first... Or I've seen one of those. I can't remember mm-hmm. if it was the first one. But, um, yeah, like, I... I think it's great when people want to try like different kinds of animation um, mm-hmm. and like um, even like a um, what was I trying to say the the new um, what was this movie I saw recently oh um, Kubo and the Two Strings oh dude I don't know that if you've movie seen is that. fantastic that is so yeah, good I, man. yeah I loved that movie honestly like I, I think the plot kind of fell apart at the end or it would probably be on my favorite my favorites of all time list but mm-hmm. still phenomenal movie um like uh that that's that's a really cool idea of branching out in an animation style and For like sure. um even even finding something like e- even back in the 90s like when people were still finding the different styles of animation like um something like um it, it's it's funny cuz like i think when you if you think back to like anime of the 90s mm-hmm. like the style that would immediately come to your mind is cowboy bebop basically yep. like that love it that style like that was so so definitive back then and like um you know moving forward things you know things change and like you know of course as as people can do higher res images and stuff like that um and like can afford to um reprint stuff right like you know when they're when they're when they're making stuff like naruto that was like you know we have to get one episode out every week right and there's so so much the the way they do it is by saying like okay here's a frame of naruto like we can reprint 500 of these and just move the positions of his mouth and like reuse different panels on different pages and stuff etc and you know for the animation Mm -hmm. and uh, i think that's that definitely changed the way that like animation is done because like hand drawing every frame is something that like really that miyazaki was really intense about like he was like even after the move even after the creation and the the normalization in the early 2000s of uh of digitized uh drawing like he was he was really adamant about like we're gonna hand draw every fucking one of these panels, and you're gonna like nuts. it. And I I mean listening I don't I don't know that I've read this or seen it anywhere, but like listening to um how how he was about his work, I I can believe there was a fair bit of crunch going on at Studio oh, Ghibli yeah. under him. <laughs> no doubt about that. He's he's very much a perfectionist. Um, but yeah, like uh, I don't know. I'm uh I I do wonder um what he's uh because he's he's very old now i want to say he's in his mid 80s um late 80s maybe but uh i'm curious to see if he does get the next movie he's working on finished and what style that would that would take um it's it's funny that like i I don't know if we're i'm sort of like changing topic quickly here but like there are there are also like so many so so many video games that take like art inspiration from from his style Mm mm-hmm like um, um and like Nino Kuni. Yeah, well Nino yeah, Nino Kuni is actually a specific do you know about that one, how that was made? Uh, that no. one is um give me the rundown. Oh yeah. So Nino Kuni is actually um was I mean, I wouldn't say ma- it was made in part by Studio Ghibli. Oh, actually. okay, well that explains um, that. <laughs> yeah, that that is the only video game I believe they've ever made. Um but they did the character design and the art and uh, some of the animation and they did the music for it um, and some of the writing as well. I, I, they, they had like their hands and bits and pieces of it. And um, 
that uh i believe the second one was done totally without them if i remember correctly but yeah the the first game um if you if you want to like run around inside of a you know studio ghibli movie like that's that's the one um because it's they they made it then mm-hmm. in their own style um and i i haven't re- i have not tried that game i i've this is this is sort of a weird thing to be picky about but like it's one of those like jrpg games where like you get out into the overworld and then you're like a little tiny chibi guy like walking between points of interest and then like you load into the point of interest yeah and, like there's not an overworld you know if that makes sense yeah no i i played it for a little bit and i fell off but yeah i, I think i know what you mean yeah um but anyway um yeah like there's um and then like zelda breath of the wild i think is the most the easiest example to call to mind that that whole thing was done completely in the, stu- the style of studio ghibli um and you can even find like tiny little references to some of their stuff in there um like uh there there's some small references to the forest spirits from princess mononoke and things like that um but yeah like i i think that um there's just i i think it can't be overstated like how how much influence um the the studio has had on the world of animation like i i really what i want to say is that um what miyazaki did with with those hit movies like coming out one after another like mostly princess mononoke spirited away Howl's moving castle these big big hitting ones in the late 90s early 2000s that got like huge over here he like forced animators in the west to push forward on the medium like yeah like for for sure like people saw over here animators over here on the west saw these movies and said okay we can't keep putting out stuff that's just like for kids you know like we can't keep pretending that animation is a is a lower class medium than like live action film it doesn't have to be no it's not it's definitely not we've seen that time and time again be proven wrong yeah exactly and but i I do think that miyazaki is maybe is the main reason that that push happened uh starting in the early 2000s to prove that animated films could be just as much as a live action film i mean like even now, like they, I mean, they get better every year. I mean, like, I don't think it's like a, I don't think it's a hot take to say that the best movie of 2019 was Into the Spider Verse. Yes. Like, I was hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, it, like that. That is kind of that. I look at that and I see like, okay, like that. That could not have happened without people and like not just Miyazaki, but many people like pushing the medium forward over and over again and saying like, animation will be taken seriously. Look what we can do with it. And I think they're getting closer to that. I mean, like, old, the vestiges of old Hollywood are still there, like, snooting down their noses, I'm sure. But, like, um, I, I think even... This is, again, almost off-topic, but, like, I, I remember in uh, 2010, I think, uh, Toy Story 3 became the first uh, animated movie to be, like, nominated for Best Picture, like, flat-out Best Picture. Um, which is like a cool it's a cool thing that like sure. the the academy these old old people oh so old they were just like okay yeah like they did it they made they made a movie that's worthy of being called the best movie of the year and it's it's animated like um but yeah i think that of course disney does that on one end and i think that disney i would say that the difference is that they have they found out what works and they've played it relatively safe for a very long time mm-hmm. um I think Pixar definitely does more to push boundaries than 100% does. Well, like right now (laughs) Um, we have Disney just taking their old catalog and doing live remakes with them with, which I would say majority don't work. 
Uh, yeah. You know, with a few yeah. exceptions. Uh, but yeah, like with Pixar, they're always doing something new, always trying to adapt new stories. You know, and to me, the Pixar movies are the ones that stand out when it comes to Disney. I, if it's not Pixar, I'm kind of hesitant on <laughs> what I'm going to experience yeah. with them. Yeah, I can see that. Like, uh, I think that it, it's strange. Like, uh, I don't know if you saw Soul. Did you? I'm I'm been meaning to. It's just been a time thing, but I, I yeah, do really want to see it. It's fantastic, and like uh, it, it's really. I think one the reasons I would say it's one of the best Pixar movies is that it it does not play it safe mm-hmm. at all. Like it it is ex- it is wildly experimental in its storytelling, and they have a new they they've completely like you know changed up how they draw their characters and stuff. Like the animation's totally different. Oh, they've come such a long way. Yeah, um, I I really. I'm I'm very impressed with it. I'm impressed with the the fact that they're willing to push mm-hmm. on that. But yeah, I I don't know. Like I I think that the, I I really I guess I maybe want to like close on saying like I I I really hope that Studio Ghibli like finds the new talent they need. Mm-hmm. Like um I mean I'll be honest. Like of the three movies that Goro Miyazaki has made, none have been received very well. Like. Maybe he's not the guy. <laughs> um, well, they just probably assume that the son would be the guy, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I think that's probably what it is. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that Ghibli is able to find the talent that they need to keep the, you know, keep keep going the way that like Disney did past the death of Walt Disney. Like, um, and I can't remember off the top of my head what, what the last movie Walt Disney made was. I think it's The Jungle Book, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. But um you a bit i mean disney that was jungle book was the end of the the disney uh uh golden age like and then they fell into the first dark age which i don't know actually maybe you should have me on for a different disney episode we I'm will like, okay i'm I'm definitely also the disney guy like I, I i can talk to you about all the different eras and like the the people involved and like why they tried and failed x xyz things Dude, but oh, that's awesome i'll put you down for disney <laughs> yeah um but just like quickly like uh at the end of the of the golden age, like after um, after the Jungle Book and after Walt Disney's death, they entered what people call the first dark age, which is like there was a lot of really good movies there, but they all performed very poorly. Mm-hmm. Things like the the Black Cauldron, um, you know, Robin Hood, which but which we I, it's hilarious that we look back at now because that was kind of a flop when it came out. Um, we look at it very fondly now, but there were a lot of things back then that um oh the other what was the fucking guy the wizard one was that the sword in the stone that was another one yeah yeah, i remember that one yeah um and then of course there was there was a good like seven or eight year period where disney put out uh like five or six in a row commercial and critical failures and people were like well disney's gone this company won't survive without him like they have no idea what they're doing and finally with the with the little mermaid they reached out they they got they found some new blood mm-hmm. they got some young people some new people in the studio with new with like new fresh ideas willing to take something different like to abandon what disney had been doing before and you know in producing the little mermaid which was a gigantic success brought disney back on the map and just absolutely crushed it in the box office and that that was the beginning of what they called the Disney Renaissance of like them coming back and like claiming that that title of being number one in animation again. But I am hoping that Studio Ghibli follows a similar fate in which the next two or three years we see them willing to reach out and find different kinds of people. And like maybe that's what the the Earwig and the Witch is them doing. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a bad bad first attempt, but like I think it at least shows that they're willing to keep trying different things until they 
they find a way to keep moving forward without Miyazaki there at the helm. Like, um, and I, I hope that in two or three years, like I said, like they churn out something of the quality of like a house moving castle or like Ponyo or whatever. Yeah. And, and you're right. Like, like we're, we're here knocking it, but they have, they're trying, I guess, I guess we shouldn't because they're trying to find their own ground, but I guess maybe I wish it was just more of a, a quality control process. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Clearly, you know, no one's happy about it, but yeah, no, they got to find their own ground and hopefully this is the beginning of that and hopefully it doesn't take them as long to find that as it did with Disney. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I, I hope so. But yeah, I, I think that's what I would like to see and um, I would also like for the, the Studio Ghibli Museum to open again. I'm sad that they closed it. Where is that? It's in it's in Tokyo, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, makes sense. Or it was. <laughs> yeah, they, they closed it down, I think, two years ago and then they did a... They did a <laughs> Sorry, this is again very very <laughs> almost weird, but like I have a I also have a um special edition like a special limited edition uh no face figurine shipped like from the museum like once oh, they nice. closed it down they they did like a circuit where like they did like a weird partnership with Barnes and Noble. <laughs> what? So like you you had to like you had to like physically go to Barnes and Noble and you could get one of these like $100 like super high quality like figurines or whatever from the museum mm-hmm. shop that they had shipped over here and like so yeah I, I went and I got myself like a nice little like it's it's a it's beautiful uh I need to find it I'm sure I have it on display somewhere here um but it, it it's like a little uh thing with like no face and and uh uh some of the other little characters from Spirited Away and it's like very high quality thing but yeah um yeah I don't know I, I guess I'm, I've kept rambling <laughs> no, but yeah, it's I don't all know good, how man. you want to round this out <laughs> Yeah, well, honestly, uh, this you uh, made this a great first run, and uh, your knowledge of this studio was way more than I was expecting. So thank you so much for laying that all down on me. It's actually gotten me more hyped to watch all these movies. Um, yeah, we've kind of we pimped all your stuff at the beginning of the show, so I guess we really don't need to do that now. But I, again, I just want to thank you for coming on, and I really hope you uh, like to come on a few more times and just make yeah, this a regular yeah. thing. And I hope everyone's enjoyed listening to this. So um, until then, everyone enjoy your anime, enjoy your your movies. Is that, catch, is that the catchphrase you're gonna end the show with? Enjoy, enjoy your anime. Right now, it's enjoy your anime. Next week, it's enjoy your Disney. I don't know. We're we're figuring it out, just like the studio's gonna figure out. <laughs> yeah. God. Okay. Take care, everybody. Oof. Yep. Thanks for having me. Bye bye.